independent, expressive of a spirit of independence, self-confident, unconstrained. Good evening. Live from Pasadena, California, it is Independence Day, the show that examines the changing face of the music business and the people who are doing the changing. Independence Day brings you independent artists, producers, and music industry visionaries with in-depth interviews, live performances, and inside information, all without hype and direct from the artists who practice their craft. Tonight on Independence Day, we have Grace Weber. Brooklyn, New York-based singer and songwriter Grace Weber is living the dream of many a young girl from countless small towns who dream of making a big noise in the big city. She's come a long way since she joined her inner-city youth gospel choir in her hometown of Milwaukee, Wisconsin at the tender age of 10, and her noise has been getting bigger all the time. Weber has earned her way with a work ethic commonly found in people with Midwestern roots. With talent and tenacity, Weber has racked up an impressive list of credits and a growing legion of fans. She's made appearances on NPR's Mountain Stage and the Oprah Winfrey Show, and even managed to get a song on Starbucks playlist, which can be found in rotation in the coffee behemoth's 10,000-plus locations in the U.S. Weber's debut album, Hope and Heart, is filled with bouncy, soulful songs with some vocal shades reminiscent of smoky throwback female singers like Adele and Joss Stone. Welcome to Independence Day, Grace Weber. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to have you. You're from far afield, New York, New York, Brooklyn, New York. Brooklyn, One of the boroughs, but you're actually from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yep. And I'd like to hear how you got from Wisconsin to New York, but first I want to introduce the member of your band who is here with us. His name is Lee Pardini. Say Mr. hello, Lee. Lee Pardini. Hey, I, on the how are you doing? Very, I'm, I'm doing well. Thank you also as well. I'm, I'm interested to hear what you guys have for us musically in just a little while here. Um, but and you're, you're not a native Angelino either. No, uh, I'm originally from San Jose, California. Okay, so you're a Californian, but not, not California an Angelino. Guy. I think that's the, that's the swan song of like everyone from Los Angeles. I think I know about four people who are actually, actually born here. From, I think, Valentino, you're from Los Angeles, are you not? Our studio manager and excellent audio engineer is with us. He's like my trusty sidekick every week behind the glass. Does doing an excellent, excellent job. Can't thank this guy enough. Um, <laughs> so he, you're a native Angelino. So he's one of the four, I think. Right. Um, what brought you, what took you to New York from, from your hometown? Um, well, I uh, ended up going to school in New York. So after I graduated high school, um, I went to NYU. And I mean, when I was a senior in high school, I knew that I wanted to be in New York. It was like... I mean, when I was 10 years old, I knew that I wanted to live in New York at some point. Did you have, like, the poster of that guy playing the sax with the Brooklyn Bridge? Totally. Oh, yeah, and, and, you know, my parents um, lived in New York for a little bit, so that was kind of our vacation town. You know, anytime we got a chance to go on vacation, we'd go to New York. Uh So there's all these pictures of me, you know, standing under the Broadway signs, just, like, being that obnoxious kid that's like, I'm going to be on the big stage someday. Um, But, you know, it's – so I applied to every school that I could – in New York, and I didn't even care which one I got into. Yeah. I just knew that I wanted to go there, and you know, luckily I got into NYU, and so I headed out there. And then I met my bandmate and co-writer Julian um, in New York. Uh, we en- ended up on the same dorm floor at NYU, and so we started a band. You know, first semester of yeah. my freshman year, and. And then everything kind of started taking off from there. What was the name of the band? It was called Grace and Julian. You know, very creative. <laughs> how many, <laughs> we didn't want to, you know, push the envelope too far. Yeah, on that how, how many late nights <laughs> with microwave popcorn did it take to think of that? We name? thought of so many band names before we just ended up with our own names. I think that's yeah. why we were like, you know what? Nothing. We actually had yeah. the same birthday. Oh, so interesting. So we thought of calling the band. We're, we're born on June 28th. So we were like, what about 628? Like, whoa, that'd be so cool. And luckily, we didn't uh, land yeah. on that one. You know, one. that is one of my least favorite things about being in a band is coming up with a name that everyone in the band can agree upon. Mm-hmm. It's almost impossible. Yeah. It's, it's a almost hard one. Impo- I mean, I, I, 
I've got lists and lists and lists. But the funny thing is, like, some of my rejected names have now become bands, like famous yeah. bands. Not, not they didn't take them from my list, but they just thought of them completely on their own. And that's um, now, now they've got their those names. But, well, they should give you credit for that. Well, I, I guess <laughs> it's kind of like squatting websites, though. You're like mm-hmm. registering a bunch of band names. And it's much easier now, though, because now you can just, like, if you're sitting in the bar with your buddies and you're thinking up a band name, you can just go straight to your phone and be like, oh, yeah, it's, okay, there's a band in Texas called 628, and there's a band <laughs> in Boston called 628, and there's three bands in Iowa called right. 628. Right. It's much faster. It's a faster timeline. Um, but so you went to school, you're mm-hmm. in New York, you're playing in bands, and then you decided to stay. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. I mean, I love New York. Um, there's an energy there that just keeps you on your toes as an artist kind of at all times. Um, and that's kind of where I, you know, Milwaukee, I owe so much of my deep musical roots to. And that's kind of where I first, you know, started singing soul music and gospel music and, I, you know, learning how to be a musician. But then New York is where I learned how to be a songwriter. Um, so, and it was great to be able to grow up, you know, as a young adult, I guess, in New York and playing all those clubs and kind of, you know, I had to book all of my own shows, obviously, like everyone else, and really hustle to start to make a name in New York. Um, and so it was it was a great thing for me to do that. And now it's become my home. You know, I've been there for six years. Yeah. Um, New York is a, such a fascinating place. I mean, there's a big connection between L.A. and New York because they're both kind of industry towns. They're both like the two, one, one and two in terms of people. Right. Um you know, so there's a lot, you know, the, the bi-coastal thing. There's a lot of that going on, you know. And I, I actually myself lived in New York for a while. I miss it, you know. It was, um, it was interesting. I think everyone I think everyone should have to travel. Everyone should have to be a waiter for mm-hmm. a while. And everyone should live in New York for a while, no matter where <laughs> else they go. Yeah. No, I think it's, I definitely think it's a good thing to, to get yourself in New York and kind of try to survive and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, you're right about that energy, though. It does have... Like, like when I first went there coming from Chicago, my hometown, which is a very big cosmopolitan city, you go to New York and it's so – it's because it's – maybe it's because it's an island. Right. It's also concentrated. It has this energy that if you fight it, I think it will destroy you. Oh, yeah. But I if mean, you invest – if you, like, open your heart, it's scary to do so. But if you mm-hmm. open your heart and invest in that energy, it will, like, pick you up and carry you along. Yeah. It's like a current, you know. Yeah. It's – you have to get in with the current or you can't survive. I mean, there's days – where I can't handle New York. I mean, I lived in Manhattan for four years when I went to school. Now I live in Williamsburg, and I don't know if I could have handled another year actually living in the city. Yeah. Because, you know, you're in the city all day, and it's like that really intense electric buzz. And to not be able to get away from that, you know, when you go to your haven, can get really... It almost can, you know, it starts out really inspiring, this crazy energy. Yeah, yeah. And it can get to a point where it drains you and, and yeah. makes you feel... Yeah, you have to, it's like a, I don't know what to think of a good analogy. You, you really have to keep paying in. Yeah. You know, you can't, you can't like really ever sit back and just rest. Like even at night, <laughs> laying in bed, like I'm a New Yorker, like laying in bed. Yeah. I'm a New Yorker. I live in, I live in Manhattan. <laughs> the flower guy's going to be there in the morning. I got to make oh, sure yeah. I get there before he, wa- yeah. before he hoses off the yeah. sidewalk. Mm-hmm. And it's bananas. Yeah. My doorbell too is like extremely loud in my apartment. So anytime yeah. like a, the mailman comes or anything, yeah. it's just like, yeah. you know, what you might expect, just an obnoxious yeah. And sound it, it gets in your soul though it really does i mean it's such a great town i, I miss it a lot and, but and i but the only way i can I mean i feel like the island we would collapse without central park 
Like I oh, lived in yeah. Hell's Kitchen, and I spent so much time in Central Park. And then we would also take the train up north and go hiking, get away, which is also nice because the Appalachian Trail is really only a couple hours, if yeah. that, from New York. It's a fantastic. Yeah, there's thing. a lot of really nice hikes and things that you can do right outside the city. Anyway, so we could talk about New York all night, <laughs> but we're actually not here to believe it or not. We're not here as a travel log. We're here to talk about music and your career and what you're up to. Mm-hmm. And I want to give our listeners a little bit of uh, a little bit of your music here. You've got a debut record just came out last year, last September. It seems to be doing very well for you. Yeah, yeah, it's going really well. This is hope and heart and we're going to come back after this song and talk a little bit about uh, you know putting together this record putting together your career and uh you know we'll go through the rest of our show i'm very curious to hear what you're all about so this is the track i believe stay or leave yes um this is from your debut record from 2011 grace weber here on independence day
And that was the sonorous sounds of Grace Weber. Her new record, Hope and Heart, just came out late last year. You can hear it in Starbucks. You can hear it all over the place. You can buy it on iTunes, correct? Yep, you can. Grace Weber, that was her voice. She is here with us tonight. And uh, we're very happy to have you here all the way from New York. She's been in town. You played some shows here in town yep, around. Yep. You played Hotel Cafe just yep. last week. Yeah, yeah. Just How did that go? Week. It was great. Oh, my gosh. So much fun. Isn't I love f- that venue. It's a fun venue. Have you played there before? We played there once before um, last August. So, yeah. um it's yeah. just the right size. It's, it's, it is. Was it, was it the size it is now when you played there last? Because it used yeah. to be half that size. Yeah, it's the size. it was the size it is now. But I heard it was like a little hallway sort of. Well, it was or... like that whole left-hand side where there's a beam in the ceiling. Like mm-hmm. It was only that one little sliver of a place. The right. stage was the same size, but it didn't, they, they doubled the size of the space. It's a great place and great acts there. Yeah. You know, you could, that's one of the few places I know of, like there and Largo. And out here, there's a few places where you can go. You could literally go, you know, uh, blind faith, mm-hmm. walk up, pay your 10 bucks and see whatever band is. And they're probably going to be at the minimum. They're going to be good. Totally. You know, and they're probably going to be better than that. So they do such a great job. They're good stewards mm-hmm. of their of their of their their uh, their calendar. In any case, you're from New York, but yep. you're, you're and well, you're from Milwaukee and you right. you live in New York. So you got there. You went there from school. That's what took you out there. What is the scene? I'm sometimes for some reason I'm fixated on geography tonight. <laughs> What's the scene like in New York these days? Because I lived there for a while and I knew what it was when I was there. But what's it like now? Um Well, I think there's kind of two music scenes. You're talking about music scenes? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that I kind of know of in New York. I mean, the the big one right now, I would say, is kind of this hipster. Um, dance music really? that a lot of my friends like big band dance music or like like electronic okay dance electronic music. dance music yeah okay. yeah like just like you know really cool hip new sounds kind of coming to the table and okay. but a lot of upbeat dance stuff um, and that is I mean those shows are always really fun to go to and it's 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 definitely a scene like. You know, as far as what bands are cool and what, yeah. you know, and so that definitely exists, which can get a little bit annoying sometimes. But, right. you know, but it, overall, it's, it's really cool. And then, you know, the world that I live in is this singer songwriter world. And the scene there is basically there's a few clubs. It's Rockwood, mm-hmm. The Living Room, um, The Bitter End, Bitter End, you know, and those are kind of the, the mid-sized. Is Mercury Lounge still there? Mercury Lounge, yeah, totally. I mean, that's a little bit more. You know, the next step up okay. of, a lot, like, a lot of um, touring indie bands will play there okay. at Mercury Lounge. Um, but for a lot of the local singer-songwriters, they'll get residencies yeah. at Rockwood and, and you know, the living room and yeah, the yeah, bitter yeah. end, et cetera. Um, there was a place called the Baggot Inn when the I Bag- was there. I played it, there. Is it still there? No, they closed. Did they yeah. close that? Yep. I think yeah. I played there freshman year. Yeah. That was a great bar. Yeah. Yeah, it was like kind of down like half a level yeah, yeah. and you played uh-huh. in the back. Right on like uh, West 3rd or something right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. All you New Yorkers who are living in L.A. You might, have, might have any idea what I'm talking about. No one else has any idea what we're talking about <laughs> well, right they now. Well, they should come out and see us. Uh, I think so, you know? too. I had a great bluegrass so. jam session at the Baggot Inn. Really? Yeah. Nice. Like some of the most serious players in bluegrass would oh, go through. Wow. So now I understand that you do, you're doing a good amount of touring mm-hmm. these days. Are um, When you – where's your biggest audience? Um, definitely through the Midwest. Um, I'm really lucky to have a great hometown support there. Um, I had a good support system when I was in high school. And then when I, I did Showtime at the Apollo in high school and that was kind of my first big thing where, you know, all the local news stations started having me come and sing on, you know, channel six and local girl does good. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and so from there, you know, I just started kind of building my, 
base in the Midwest, and I have a ton of friends, a ton of family back there who have helped me spread the word yeah. throughout. You know, a lot of my friends went to colleges in the Midwest, and so they've just been helping me spread my music there. Um, so uh-huh. when we come home to do hometown shows in Milwaukee, we get about 400 people out, um, which is really great. Yeah, that's fantastic. feels really good. That's a fantastic, I mean, for a nowadays, for a band that's not like big and broken and, you know, really, really at it. I mean, you're obviously really, really at it. It's not what no, I'm but, implying. But um, <laughs> that's a good draw, I yeah, guess, no, is what I'm that, saying. I mean, and that's definitely our biggest draw right now. You know, that's our biggest base. So we're. I'm so grateful to have that. Yeah. And when um, you tour, at, you know, in the Midwest, do you, I mean, how big of a band do you take? Do you do solo things? Um, do you mix it up? I actually take all the guys when we do the Midwest because... All, all 27 of all them? All 27 of us. <laughs> um, yeah, we have, there's five of us all okay. together. So it's me and then Julian plays keys and Lee over here plays bass actually in the band. Oh, very nice. He plays keys when I, you know, when I need him to. <laughs> and, um, do what you're told, son. Yes. <laughs> Um, we have Adam on drums and Dean on guitar. And we've all been playing together as a whole unit now for like two and a half years, right, maybe? Uh, yeah, maybe close to like three, probably. Close to three. And yeah, save for so. Lee, where where do they live? Because you, Lee, you live out here. I live here. Yeah. And, yeah. and by here, I mean Los Angeles. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And the rest of us live in New York. And Lee okay. actually was subletting in New York for a few months when he joined the band uh-huh. because we had to switch over. And so, um, you know, it just kind of worked out. And then he moved back here, but we just started touring in the Midwest, so we all were yeah. flying in anyway. So, yeah. you know, I decided to keep the... That's an interesting thing. When you reach a certain level as a band, it doesn't matter where you live. Right. Because you're not... It's not like you're rehearsing every every week in the rehearsal space. You know, it's like you're playing so much. Like you're, you know, you, you actually get together when it's time to write or when it's time to record. But otherwise, your gigs are your rehearsals. Like once you reach a right. certain level of musicianship, Definitely. you know, you just kind of go and, and blaze through it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, other than that, like how far from home are you doing shows? Like well, based in New York, you're doing a lot in the Midwest, but mm-hmm. how far, how far are you going? We're actually going to the UK this summer. Is this your first trip over there? Yes. I, well, I've been there just to travel, um, but this is my first time I'll be performing okay. there. So it's how many shows? exciting. We're doing three shows. We're playing at the Go North Festival in Scotland. Okay. okay. And then we're playing in London on the 8th and the 11th at two smaller, kind of like hotel cafes or yeah, yeah. clubs. So And there, it's I love it. Like Bands do well. Like So many artists do really mm-hmm. well when they go overseas sometimes. Like they find an audience. And like Jimi Hendrix did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He couldn't he couldn't you know couldn't do anything musically here went to london got somewhere and there's a lot of bands like that the the rest of his band there too yeah Yeah. jayhawks the jayhawks from minneapolis one of my favorite bands like they they for some reason they're big in spain cool it sounds like a gag but like when they did their first reunion show after being apart for years and years and years they did it in spain yeah it's a strange thing. And Josh Ritter, are you familiar with Josh Ritter? Yeah, he yeah. lived in New York for a while. Now he's back in Idaho. Okay. Like, for whatever reason, Ireland was where he hit pay dirt. Fun. Like, in New York, again, he would play in the subway and people would tell him to shut up. Yeah. And then he, for some reason, he got a gig in Ireland and they they went crazy for him. Yeah. So he would go and do tours and, like, make, I mean, I, I, I don't know the dollar amounts, but he'd make enough to come back and live in New York. That's great. You know? I mean, yeah, we're kind of, I randomly, um, well, not so randomly, but we had an iTunes free single of the week in Japan okay. when the record came out. And so we had a lot of songs charting in Japan and I've started getting messages. That's so and Spinal things. Tap. Yeah. <laughs> David, um, smell the glove. It's it's on the radio in, in Japan. In Japan. I know, I'm big in Japan. But um, I really want to get over there. We're trying to figure out a way to to make something happen over there. It's expensive. I've it toured is expensive. over there. It's it's cool. It's really yeah, cool. I've never been there, but I would love to to get 
Australia is great too because they really dig the music there too. But the only problem with Australia, it's like the size of the United States, but there's like three cities, so everything's really far apart. You can really only play a few dates. Yeah, there. you can't mm-hmm. tour like you can in the states. Out yeah, there. and that's actually a liability in Los Angeles too. Because you can play here in L.A. Mm-hmm. and then, like, maybe San Diego. But then the next cities are all five hours away, like mm-hmm. real cities, like city cities. Yeah. You know, it's an interesting yeah. thing. Like, bands in the east, they can, like, like Dave Matthews, he was based in the Carolinas somewhere. Like, you could just go up and down the coast. All the major cities are only a couple hours apart. Right. Out here, it's a big challenge. Right. Yeah. So how do, how do those L.A. bands do it, man? How do they do it? I don't it? know. Anyway, I, give them a lot of credit. I would like you guys to play some music. Okay. You brought a keyboard. You brought some mics. You brought your very, very awesome voice. And let's, let's <laughs> hear you guys do some stuff with this. Cool. Tell me what this is going to be. Um, so this song is called Someone. We're going to start out with a little ballad for okay. you guys. And we'll pick it up. Beautiful. Will I park the car and breathe? I'm trying to believe. That certain things are meant to be The kitchen light is on But there's nobody home I could really use the company And I'm searching for some
excellent work. Grace Weber, Thank Lee you. Pardini here on the Independence Day. And if you want to find out what they're all about, you can go to, where is that website I just had? It's Grace, is it graceweber.com? Yeah, graceweber.com. I have it written down, but I've got too many pieces of paper in front of me. Grace Weber. And it's pretty traditional spelling. Grace. Weber. Like Jeff Buckley's album, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Weber. Mm-hmm. W-E-B-E-R. Yeah, 1B. 1B. A lot of people think it's two Bs, but um, it's just 1B like the grill. Like the grill, which is based outside of Chicago. Yeah. I am a charcoal grilling enthusiast. I've I've, I've done my, my Thanksgiving turkey. Are you related really? to the Weber group? The no, Weber, the Weber? I wish. I would lie if I were you. <laughs> I would totally say I was. Yeah. I'm the heiress to the Weber, the, the Weber, the Weber, Weber throne, the mm-hmm. Weber uh, uh, fortune, <laughs> fortune um, kingdom, kingdom. I think is what I was looking for. Yeah, yeah. I think is what I was looking for. Um, so now, again, based from New York, from Milwaukee, mm-hmm. you're from Santa Cruz down here. You guys got this like semi Midwest, middle coastal, left coast, east coast thing going on. Yeah. Um, but this voice of yours, like where, you know, you're, you're fairly diminutive, you know, you're not like a husky, big, like rocking background chick singer. Like you're mm-hmm. kind of Midwestern looking to me, look like a lot of girls I went to high school with. And mm-hmm. I mean that in a very cool no. way, Yeah. but like where, what got you into singing with this style of voice being from Milwaukee? Yeah. Well, I listened to a lot of soul and jazz when I was growing up. I mean, when I was really little, like eight and nine, I'd listen to Billie Holiday and Etta James, of course, and Dinah Washington. And, you know, I just was drawn to this soul music. And so I was always just singing like that. And um, it just, that's just where my voice naturally sat. And I always had a really low voice when I was little too, which was really funny to people because I, I, you know, especially when I was little, I was this teeny, tiny little um, blonde Toehead. Who would just like have a voice of a man back then. <laughs> and um, I think it actually gave me like, you know, a thing that people kind of noticed me more when yeah. I was little because I stood out. And then when I was, um, got a little bit older, um, 10, 11, 12, I became really obsessed with the movie Sister Act 2, which is super random. <laughs> but I. Two? Two. Oh, not e- one. Two. You know, I can't watch two because I didn't see one. I would be totally yeah. lost. You with the plot. need Lauren to watch Hill. two. Someone the other day told me that the worst movie of all time was Sister Act 2, and I, you know, Did you I punched went, them right oh, in the oh, throat. Yeah. I was like, you don't even understand. Okay, but anyways, I'm not going to go into that. But I was obsessed with the gospel choir in that movie, and, you know, Lauren Hill's in it, and she sings just the most beautiful rendition of Joyful, Joyful, and His Eyes on the Sparrow, and whatever. Um, and so I had this dream of joining um, an all-black gospel choir, basically. But I lived in a suburb of Milwaukee um, in Wauwatosa, and the, really the only choirs that I could join there were, you know, kind of the choirs where you wore bow ties and cummerbunds, which I did, actually. Show choir. <laughs> well, yeah, I did show, show choirs, choir. a lot of, you know, classical music, which was actually really great, too, for me to... Oh, you mean oh you mean actual, like, choral Choral music, choirs, like acapella, yeah. Like, I'm saying, like, the Milwaukee Children's Choir. Yeah, yeah, okay. I actually never did show choir, thank God. Okay. But <laughs> I, You know what? No offense. <laughs> Knock on it all you want. I never had so much fun in my life. You did show choir! Constantly getting out of class. <laughs> That's great. All the hottest girls in school were, were in show, show choir, choir, and they, yeah. they liked guys who weren't, like afraid to dance or yeah. move or do anything yeah. so like and plus like i said we got to travel uh-huh. constantly getting out of class because what i really didn't want to do in high school was go to class right i mean i went but that was like a legal way to get out of class yeah. and do music and like touch hot girls yeah every day <laughs> i know no i mean i actually i was in a choir try that in, football players yeah, yeah take that 
Um, I was in a choir in high school that was called the Ladies in Waiting, and we were like, it was like a magical chorus. So oh, we, yeah, were, okay. we were like Renaissance. Mm-hmm. So that I've done some of that weird. too. <laughs> um, I was very foppish when I did yeah. that. I played it up big. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Me too. I got I got really into it. I'd like put on a British accent. I was a dork. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, so then, so when I was 12, I was at a, a retreat with my school, and they said, you know, we have a, a surprise for you guys. We brought in a, a choir, so this is the um, Milwaukee inner city youth choir, you know, uh-huh. and they walked in and it was just like, it was the choir that I was meant to join. And uh-huh. I couldn't even believe it. They were so good. And I was sitting there like, I need to be in this choir and this is my only chance. So after they were done, I raised my hand. They were like, oh, does anyone have any questions? And I raised my hand. And I was like, can I sing for you guys? And, you know, they looked at me and, and they were all in high school too. So I was extra um, odd man out um, at the age of 12. But um, so I mustered up the most soulful rendition of Amazing Grace that I could. And they told me that I could join the choir. And then a couple months later, you know, I became a member of that choir and started singing at revivals. And then I really started learning what gospel music was all yeah. about. And that kind of taught me how to, what it means to really sing with your heart. Like that's, and, and, and to sing to help maybe heal people or just to, to help people get through whatever that they're getting through, you know? And, and I think that that had a huge effect on me as a singer and a musician. Yeah. And, um, you know, I did a lot of, I did something called We Are the Drum, which was the history of black music over time. And, um, they had, different impersonators like the temptations impersonators and tina turner impersonators and i would just sit backstage and just in awe of how badass and cool all these people were and yeah you know i would hang out with like a tina turner impersonator and she was like basically tina turner and uh so yeah i mean i i feel really 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 lucky that i got to have that experience because it changed my life you know yeah and you've got some meat behind what you're doing you know, and like you can feel, you know, you hear maybe feel, but music is about feel too. Mm-hmm. So you can sound like one thing, but when you feel it, like that's where the real, yeah. that's where the real pay dirt is. Totally. So you know, you've got that in spades, which is a beautiful, beautiful oh, thing. So let's, can you. we hear a little more maybe? Yeah, sure. Me, um, yeah, go ahead and just des- describe what this is going to be. Tell me about this song you're about to sing. All right. Well, this one is uh, our upbeat, you know, single in a way, I guess. Um, it's called Everything to Me. And it's kind of, one of the only love songs, I guess, on the record. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, I hope you like it. Did you, now when you write, do you write with other people? Yeah, um, I do a lot of co-writes, and then I also write on my own, too. Um, but, yeah, this is one I wrote with a guy named Keith Pulvermacher um, back in in Milwaukee. But I, That's such a Milwaukee it name. It is a Milwaukee name. It totally is, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of... Paul Vermockers and uh, yeah, yeah. Chicago, my hometown's the same way. There's yeah. a lot, a lot of Polish, a lot mm-hmm. of Germans, you know, a lot of Swedes. All those yeah. names are big time names. Mm-hmm. A lot of Andersons in my high school. Mm. Anyway, all right, we're all with this. <laughs> um, okay, so this is everything to me. Be the day, the night, and the 
Nice. Grace Weber, Lee Pardini here on Independence Day. As we said before, graceweber.com is where we can find everything about you. And if you want to hear about our show, Independence Day, you can learn about us at indepday.com, I-N-D-E-P-D-A-Y.com. Also on the Facebooks, facebook.com slash indepday. And you can even follow us on the Twitters at indepday. You must have Twitters and all that yep. kind of stuff too. Who, man, who manages all that stuff for you? What, what'd you say? Who manages all that kind of stuff for I you? I manage it all. Oh, my mm-hmm. Lord. And, yeah, I manage the, the website and everything, too. You wouldn't believe almost everybody we have in here. Like, it's it sounds like something that could be a full-time job because it's exhausting to me mm-hmm. to do this stuff for my own life and my show and the things that I do. It's usually the artist managing this kind of stuff. It's oh, like a yeah. whole new mantle that everybody's taken on. It takes up – how much – I mean, how much time do you spend farting around with that? I mean, you just have to integrate it into your life, I guess, and kind of – I mean – it, on the one hand, it's it's hard to kind of be on social media all the time when you're trying to be in the moment and, yeah. you know, live. It starts life, to feel like but, the Matrix after a while. To yeah. Me. 
I mean, but it's right being an independent musician, you know, yeah. that's what you have to do. And the cool thing about it is you're really connecting with your fans one on one. And yeah. that's just really special that that exists now, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, the hardest thing is like, I try to remember, like, oh, I got to take a picture of me at KPCC right now so I can tweet it and I can at, you know, you right, right. and kind of try to get out there. But I actually started to, I used to be kind of grumpy about it, like, oh, I don't want to. Twitter and all that stuff, but now yeah. I just try to have fun with it because why not? You yeah, know? I learned I didn't get Twitter for the longest time. Um, I guess the longest time we're, we're compressing time here. I guess by the mm-hmm. longest time, I meant like a matter of months, right? And then I mean, I'm not a rabid tweeter, but I, I figured out I figured out the utility of it. Like I started following people, and that's how I figured it out. Like I followed all the bands I like and all the different things, and it was like I was hearing about things that I didn't really hear about any other way, which is kind of interesting. And some people are just crazy; they're constantly their phones must get hot. They tweet. Like they, there isn't a second they're not tweeting. Yeah, yeah. I know. I uh, work at a blog called popdust.com okay. um, during the day, part time, and um, it's like a pop music blog. So we have to follow, you know, people like P Diddy and you know whatever. Yeah. And P Diddy's Twitter is—is is he still called P Diddy? By the way, is that his name? You're asking the wrong guy. Okay. <laughs> um, is like he tweets. I think like every you know five minutes. And uh, yeah. I mean, the the crazy world about Twitter now is how you know celebrities get paid yeah. to tweet things so it's just it's it's kind of How a random. weird world you know yeah. and the value of someone's twitter so is i don't know it's just you know a whole interesting topic of yeah well, media. another thing i like about it is the twitter is kind of like facebook with all the bunnies and like <laughs> cat pictures and stuff oh, yeah. you know there's mm-hmm. less of that you right. know i think and then there, of course you got your instagram now you've got your you know mm-hmm. only i can't even i can't keep up i yeah. i can't keep up either you can. I'm mean, glad that Google Plus is not happening. I don't think it's happening. Yeah, I'm not gonna, I have an account, but it, it's, it's, it just seems laborious. It's just another – I mean, I, I put some stuff on there, but, I, 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 you know, again, it's like another thing that I have to keep up with. But I, I feel mm-hmm. obligated, though. Yep. I mean, it's – social media is, is the new yeah. – it, it's just – it's here. I mean, it's not even the new yeah. thing. It, it just is our – And do you, do you blur the line at all between, like, your personal um, – like your personal Facebook page or your art artist, because like m- nowadays there really isn't a line. It seems like it's a lot, yeah. especially for independent musicians, mm-hmm. because like they are their own brand, and yeah. therefore, you know, if you're at the taco shop and you're tweeting that, that's fine. Your audience wants to know, oh, they're you know mm-hmm. she's at the taco shop. I mean, do you blur the line? Um, no, I mean, I definitely I am who I am, you know, on Twitter and Facebook and everywhere is kind of you're gonna get me, my music, and my life here and there. But, yeah. I mean, I use my fan page on Facebook for m- mostly more music-related um, news and questions yeah. and try to get interaction. I keep that very much like I'm a musician and this is all music. Twitter is like I have a little bit more fun with yeah. that. And then my personal page, I get – I started just accepting everyone's friend requests because yeah. I realized that, you know – I you can promote anywhere and you can I don't know I just decided that I I should just accept people I yeah. didn't care so well, it's, so it's, now it's, I, yeah I mean that and that page though I I do treat that very personally I don't yeah. try to promote on that one because I don't want to annoy all my yeah. friends who are like you yeah, get yeah. it Grace get <laughs> well it's like an occupational hazard though when you use your own name mm-hmm. for your music like if you could. You know, some people, some people just have their name and that's who they are. They're real. That's their thing. They, they don't, it's all, there's no line. It's all right. the same. Some people, you know, create a band name, you know, 
and then then that band like uh, Iron and Wine for yeah. Sam Beam that becomes the thing. You know, mm-hmm. Sam Beam probably has his own personal Facebook page, but then Iron and Wine is like it's really just him, right. more or less. But that's that's how he kind of separates himself. Some people even use their own name, but then almost create a character, yeah, for themselves. You yeah. know, even though it's their name that might have been their name they were born with, but that then, but it becomes a, almost a separate thing that they turn on and off. Yeah, I mean, you, know? you definitely have to. It's it's a job, sort. You know, it's like it's when you go on stage, you are going to work. You know, yeah. it, so you do have a little bit of a different persona, I guess, because it's it's just a, it's what yeah. you do, and it's it's your music, and you know, you turn something else turns on, even if you don't know what it is that yeah. you're turning on. You know, yeah. And when you're hanging out with your friends, you turn it off. Yeah. But um, yeah, I um. Uh, I thought I used to want wish that I could have a different name that was, you know, some persona and I could be a character and kind of but but I'm happy that that it's it is just me and people can really understand my music better I think if they yeah. get to know me. It's kind of real in ways that it wasn't in the past because people mm-hmm. do interact with their fans more directly. I mean, Twitter's such an interesting thing. Like Ben Montench, Tom Petty's guitar player or uh, keyboard player, you know, famous session guys played in a million records. Um and he's got a Twitter feed, and it's like it's just a strange guy to have a Twitter feed. He's Tom Petty's keyboard player, <laughs> but funny. but I respect the guy and always have. Mm-hmm. You know, I would like name my son Ben Mont or my dog <laughs> or something. You know, it's yep. like a, he's he's a big guy in my world, right. and it's and he's cool. He's an older guy, but he's he's into it. You know, yeah. he'll tweet stuff, and it's really really interesting. Yeah. And you know, this is a total non sequitur, but before I forget, I wrote this down while you were playing that last song. Okay. I kind of got off topic. You wrote the line in there that I found really really interesting. You said cause some pain. Yeah. In that song, which I find mm-hmm. to be a really, it, it like made my little like songwriter bunny ears pop mm-hmm. up. Like it's really interesting to like people to be that honest about because it's love that kind of thing where yeah. you must be experienced in it to the extent that you know that that's going to happen. Tell mm-hmm. me about that line. Yeah, I mean, I think that I wrote that song at a point where I was feeling like, wow, I really don't know exactly who I am right now, and if I'm going to be with somebody. For the rest of my life, how can I, if, you know, what if I change and are they still going to love me? And, you know, being a human, I'm probably going to do some things that might hurt that person. And, you know, it's unavoidable. It's unavoidable. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think the people that you love the most, you can hurt them the most. And um, so there's definitely that little bit of like a darker questioning part of the song that I guess you wouldn't really think about but the chorus then is you know that person saying that's fine like I'm yeah. you can change and grow and and yeah. I'm still gonna I, I just like the juxtaposition of like the poppier kind of upbeat tune with a lyric like I think it takes confidence as a writer to write that kind of line in a song thanks you know and you know leading the, which leads me to my next question is you know you spend a good amount of time on the road right you're yeah. out and about doing your music thing like does it is it hard to have relationships um, or a relationship when you're out on the road? Yeah. I mean, well, I don't know. <laughs> Have I touched a nerve here? I don't know. It's, uh, I think that it's, it, um, if you have someone who supports you no matter what, that it's not hard because they know that you're just following your dreams and they're going to be there for you no matter what, you know? Yeah. And I think the the only hard thing is is kind of being in two worlds at once, you know? Like, when I'm on the road, I'm really on all the time. And, like, I, I never really have a break because we're – when we wake up in the morning and we get in the car and 
um, we're all you the bands your, all. You in mean the, your private jet? My private jet. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, my suburban, my uncle's suburban. Shout out to Ron Rotter. Um, yeah, but yeah, and then you know, then you're driving, and you guys are all in the van together, so you can't really get away to talk. And then you get to the gig, and you play the gig, and then you go out, you know, and then you get back really late, and then your significant other is sleeping, and so it definitely can get hard. But I think that if you make time for it and you know you guys you understand each other then it's then it just works out and it's even that again there comes the the technology issue like facilitates that more like whereas before i mean literally i mean when i first started touring you had to find a payphone because the venue wouldn't let you use the phone or you had to like find like staying with some host family someplace Mm -hmm. like hey crash on your couch hey dude if i leave you five bucks can i make a long distance call (laughs) right you know now it's inescapable. You're every wherever you are, as they can find you anywhere. Yeah, you know, which is good. Which and is good and somewhat maybe bad because you can't escape. Yeah, no, it's definitely. Yeah, I mean, I I think that it helps. I love being able to be connected to everybody. You know, so. But when I'm on the road, I, I kind of do escape. It's really hard for me to open up my computer when I'm on the road because it's just like, I just don't want to go there. I'm having so much fun just yeah. being in the moment and performing that. Kind of having to open up the computer and do yeah. emails is, you know, I, I just don't want to do it, but I, but I do. And now you can do it in your phone and your iPad and your mm-hmm. laptop, and like it's, it's insane how connected and the we are. Google Glass the, is coming out. The Google uh, uh, Frames. Frames or whatever, frame or yeah. Frame or frames. I'm not sure if it's oh, plural or singular. I really or hope that, that doesn't actually come Did out. Did you see creepy. which one of the late night guys made a, a like a spoof of that? Like, oh, I gotta, I gotta sniff my, my, well, gotta sniff my nuts later, what? Like, <laughs> and then. And it's like, and then it's like, it gets from the dog's perspective. He's like running around in the house. <laughs> oh, and, he's like, he's like, oh, and like a little thing pops up. Oh, I got, I yeah. got to sniff my nuts later. Uh-huh. And, it's, and then he walks over to like the mom's, like giving the mom a big kiss. Like, oh, this, this is the same tongue I used to sniff and lick my nuts. Oh. <laughs> it's just funny Some stuff. Yeah, yeah, I know. totally. Funny, funny stuff. Yeah. Very connected. But I, I mean, well, we'll leave that be with Google Frames. How about a little more music? Sure, let's, sure. Let's, let's, let's distract the audience from that toward type topic. Hey, I liked talk it. To talk I liked about it. Some music. Um, this is a song that, um, I wrote about the Midwest, about my hometown, my family. My sister just had a baby recently. So this is kind of, of thank you. He's so great. I love little, my little nephew, but, um, yeah, I was driving from Minneapolis to Milwaukee, um, back from my cousin's wedding. Winter or summer? Fall. Okay. Well, so it falls nice. It was really pretty. Yeah. And I was in the car with my family cause we were all coming back from my cousin's wedding and I just kind of started this melody started coming into my head and I started writing about my family. So this is called And Heart. The fall is here My sister's home again And a baby waits Beneath her skin Who she is Who she's meant to be Sweetly tied to what's within And we cross the stepping stones Grateful I don't have to go alone Is all that I could ever know All that I could ever hope to be If this is my last request Simple things Oh, I take every moment 
Grace Weber on Independence Day. Very, very nice. That track you will find on her debut record, Hope and Heart, which came out just last year. And the best place to find this record is at iTunes? Yeah, iTunes, and then you can also get it on gracewebber.com. Um, that's where you can get the physical copy. And we also have it on vinyl. You have vinyl. I was gonna, That was going to come up. That's the yeah. coolest thing of all time ever. Thanks. I've been, I, 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 again, I'm not crazy. I'm not one of those maniacal guys with, like, the, the balanced turntable thing with all the fancy stuff and the... The ten thousand dollar power amps. God knows I would if I, you know, had my private jet too. Mm-hmm. But I, I've learned, or I've, I've discovered that you know CDs are kind of going away. Like actual physical media, I right. think in general is going away. Everybody's downloading, you know, flash drives, that kind of thing. Um, I, I I grew up in a generation where there's tactile connection to your music, right? And I like the experience of like looking through my connection collection in real time in the real world, not in the mm-hmm. matrix world. And like picking something yeah. and like looking at the artwork because it's, it's 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 the original multimedia package, right? The art and the the lyrics and the music and this whole experience and it's just real to me. 
Yeah. I think it's a beautiful thing. Did you was it did you push for vinyl? Yeah, I mean, I just really wanted to put this on vinyl. I mean, it, it's pretty it's kind of expensive to do it. So, yeah. it was definitely like just a dream to fulfill for me. Yeah. I mean, I got a record player uh, a couple years ago and just love listening to vinyl. You know, I live in Brooklyn now, so yeah. I think it's a, a rule that you have to have. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's just Brooklyn. <laughs> I think it's yeah. uh, it's elsewhere just too. Have, yeah, right. no, no, no. But um, that's where the romance yeah. is, though. Yeah. You know, and I, I, that's what I need. I need that out of music. I don't want it to be disconnected. I want to be connected to it. I want it to be real and like seeing it spin. Yeah, it's moving. It's alive, just, just like crackle. us. But the funny thing is, for me, I've been noticing that I'm really nostalgic for like CD portable CD players, yeah. which is really like from the '90s. Like I've had this feeling like yeah. I want. To carry around my CD player because that's what I yeah. would listen to. You, you know, know when I was little. It's funny. You, funny you should bring that up because I'm almost. I love my iPod. I love my iPhone where I've got all my music on there. And it's extremely convenient. But I just kind of, I kind of like had a, an, uh, like an inadvertent stereo upgrade. Like somebody loaned me some speakers. Someone else loaned me a new receiver because I've had the same crappy stereo since the like. Uh, first Bush administration. When I say the first Bush, I mean his father. Like, right. Same crappy stereo. I'm a musician. I dumped all my money into my recording gear, my instruments, you know, stuff like that. So I, I didn't really care that much. And then so I, I got this like stereo, and then I noticed how crappy my iPod sounds yeah. when I plug it in. It sounds Squashed. terrible. Yeah. Well, there's no the high end is terrible. Yeah. You know, because the, the the MP3, even if you do a nice one, it sounds it just sounds crappy. Mm-hmm. So lately, I've got a Technique's like five CD changer, and I put CDs in sometimes, like, and it sounds better. It sounds nicer. You know, yeah. it, it sounds funny because like to have romance now. I have, now I have romance for CDs and vinyl. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I'm a mess. Well, you're just a romantic. I am guy, a romantic guy. You know? That's what I need. I, I want. I want it to. I guess I just like things to spin. Yeah. Really, because I feel like you know, the Earth spins. The Everything's earth moving. Spins. You know. Yeah. I, I want stuff to be real. I guess is what it comes down to. Yeah. And we kind of alluded to this before. Um, you know what? What your status is? Are you are you full time music? You referenced having kind of like another gig a little bit. Um, and that kind of ties into like being like, how independent are you? Did, like who, who spotted the money for the record, I guess, is that kind of question. Well, we had investors for this record, but okay. I'm, I'm totally independent as far as I have my own label. Um, I have management, which is really great. And, um, uh, a few other people on the team sort of helping push this forward. But yeah, we're totally independent right now. We own all the rights to, all the music and um, it's great. I mean, I'm definitely not opposed to not being independent. Like I'm yeah. not, but I wanted to build my base and my foundation yeah. in a very independent way so that I could, you know, just uh, just grow with the music and kind of get it out there in a grassroots yeah. way. If you have management and you've got good songs and you've got a good band. Like, the label, it seems like, was kind of a bad deal anyway for a lot of artists. A lot mm-hmm. of artists got a shaft, a big, big shaft from record labels. I mean, it helped, you know, it's, it's funny because some people are nostalgic for those days, too, because there was A&R. Once upon right. a time, labels developed artists. Well, artist development, yeah. That's, you know, yeah. That's, that's, that's been gone for a long time. Right. So now they're really, for years, they've just been a bank. Right. You know, right. they loan you money with really bad terms. Right. And then you have to pay it all back. And, yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, it, it definitely... They have muscle, you know, and they have they do. connections and they're entrenched. Yeah, so there there is that side of getting signed to a major label. I mean, an independent labels now are a, a really amazing option for a lot of artists because they also have muscle, but they yeah. have all the kind of cooler 
grassroots connections. And they're more dynamic because yeah. there's not as much overhead, like Lost Highway, mm-hmm. um, East West, you know, uh, New West, like those are labels, you know, or um, what's the small one? Um, oh gosh, I can't think of it. Duke Levine is on this label. So many people are on this label. It's escaping me right now. Um, but there's there's like mid size. They're the same yeah. size as New West. Right, you know, right. That kind of thing. Yeah, no, I mean, and that that's, you know, I think that's kind of where the industry is going. Well, I think there'll always be a few of the big labels yeah. um, to represent artists like Lady Gaga and Beyonce, et cetera. But yeah. I think that more and more independent labels will pop up to have help musicians. You know, the cool thing about social media and all this stuff is that it's allowing more musicians to be musicians. On the one hand, that's hard because there's more people to compete with, I guess, in mm-hmm. a way, in the, you know, on the internet. It's like you're trying to fight with so many people that are trying to get your attention or pe- other people's attention. But, you know, it... The good thing about it is that there's a career path now for like a middle class musician. You know, you don't have to be on a major label to be yeah. making a career and a living as an artist, you know. So yeah. I think that that's kind of where companies like Topspin and Pledge Music and um, people like that who are, are really opening up avenues to, um, you know, because we actually we had a few investors on the record. Then we also did a Pledge Music campaign to raise money for the album. So all my fans, you know pitched in to help me make this and got exclusives and stuff like that yeah. for it. But it's just, um, you know, there's other ways to do it than, than just getting signed by a major label now. So it's, it's, it's cool. It's a cool opportunity. Yeah. I guess it's, it's kind of, I feel like it's kind of like the wild west, but nobody's getting killed. Like, right. It's like this environment <laughs> where like you can kind of make up your own rules and make up your own thing mm-hmm. and make your, like build it yourself. Right. It's, and it's, you know, yeah. you're more invested. Totally. It takes more work, but but you own it. But you own it. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely hard. It's really hard. I mean, that's. I think like there's a romance about being an independent artist. Maybe it's romance. Yeah. It's just coming it keeps up. Keeps coming up over and over. So that is totally there. You know, this the drive to 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 because musicians just they just we just want to get our music out there. At the end of the yeah. day, we but, want to be musicians. Yeah. Which is so what we've always wanted to do. Yeah, but to make a living is is definitely hard because. Now, you know, you give a lot of music away for free, which is, which I totally am in favor of. And, um, you know, certain, not all of it, but giving it away for different incentives and things like that, I think it's really cool. But, you know, it's, you got to stick to the grind. You know, it's like, sometimes people ask me advice, even though I'm definitely in no place to really give advice, but the main thing I'll say is... Well, you're doing well. I think, well, you know, thanks. you've, you've well, got you've got some cachet. You've got some cloud to throw around. You've got experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but the main thing I say is if you really feel like this is what you're supposed to be doing, if you've gotten some validation and you're starting to build a little thing, just don't give up. At some point, it's gonna... You're gonna come out of the the chaos if you just stick with it because you don't know when your time is going to come that you're going to break through and I think the hardest part is just continuing to hold on you know for me I always thought gosh you know when I was in high school it's like I want to be a a famous singer you know when I'm 18 and if I'm not by then then I'm not going to be able to make it or something and you know I I obviously am so grateful for the path that you know that I've gotten to go down so yeah, Anyways. it's almost like redefining your dream. Yeah, totally. When you get closer yeah. to it, you figure out that it maybe it wasn't exactly what you thought it was, but mm-hmm. it's also this other beautiful thing. Yeah. And you just have to kind of go towards that instead. And that's if you can and that's the thing the biggest lesson that I've learned over the past couple of years is being able to let go of what you think your dream is supposed to be and just yeah. let it unfold. So and the, that's when the The Tao of music. The Tao of music. 
Yeah. And with with that, you know, we're we're maybe going to go just a little bit long, but I'd love for you to play another song. Let's sure. just sneak one in under the wire before you guys have to get out of here. Is that yeah. cool? Yeah, yeah. We're going to do right. um for you forever. Yeah. Cool. If the tide ran out And the days grew shorter Would you lie in doubt Knowing you were getting older I'm afraid of getting
Grace Weber and Lee Pardini here on Independence Day. That was very, very nice. Thank you. Love it. Thanks for having us. Love it. And I have to say, you know, inside baseball, um, I love the way that, that, uh, that chord in the chorus it drops on you. Oh, right yeah, there. when it arrives. It's kind of like, uh, well, Lee, tell me what that is. What, you know what chord that is? Oh, the, at the very end of the chorus? Yeah, like the, one, right. the one that's kind of non-diatonic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is, is that like a, a flat seven major? Uh, flat that? six. Flat six. Flat six okay. major, yep. close. I was, I was only one away. Yeah, yeah, totally. Only one away. My, it's the money my, chord, as we my, call my, it. My music, teach, my music three teacher would be very disappointed in me right now. <laughs> but, you know, I'm busy doing other things, man. I got a whole radio empire to run. Mm-hmm. You know, anyway, thank you so very much for coming out. Thanks for stopping by. Next time you're in Los Angeles, please stop by. You know, let us know what you're up to. Check in with us from the road. We'd love to know what you're doing out there in the world. Uh, Keep going out there and keep, you know, spreading the word, spreading the good music, and keep keep doing it with heart. Thanks. That's what you do. It's a beautiful thing. And if people want to hear about you, again, Grace Weber, who we've uh, had a wonderful time with her, graceweber.com, G-R-A-C-E. W-E-B-E-R, like the grill. Like One the of my grill. favorite things. I don't get to say that very much. We've got a few upcoming shows. You just played at the Hotel Cafe last week here mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. Wonderful venue. Playing the Beat Kitchen in Chicago on the 31st of May, a venue where I myself have played and used to live right next door to, believe it or not. Awesome. Also at a coffee house in Madison that I cannot pronounce, Redampte, R-E-D-A-M-T-E. <laughs> yeah, I've never played there. I'm, I'm opening for a singer, songwriter, rocker, musician named um, Ron Pope. So for those Ron two Pope. shows, I'm doing that. Uh-huh. And then the rest um, coming up on the website. You've got a couple UK shows. UK, you've, got, yeah. you've got the Regal Ball, excuse me, Regal Room in London, the UK, on the, uh, the 8th of June, as well as the 11th of June, Bedford mm-hmm. in London. The Bedford in London. Yes. Again, wonderful. GraceWeber.com, also with us, you know, in depth Day.com, Facebook.com slash in-depth day and in-depth day on the Twitters. And let's see what's going to wrap this show up for today. If I can find my sheet, which is here somewhere. Good Lord. I've got all kinds of stuff. Anyway. Oh, there we go. Okay. Again, thanks to Grace Weber and Lee Pardini. Also to the Independence Day staff, Dale Tanksley and Wayne Topinski and the inimitable Valentina Rivera and Jamie Seth from Lancer Radio. For Independence Day, I'm Joe Armstrong. Whatever you do, please be good to one another. <laughs>